do is you try to teach the kids what excellence looks like, right? And it's not that, you know, some of them may want to play in the WNBA, some of them may not, right? But we try to give them a foundation of the amount of work and preparation that it takes to be excellent in whatever it is that you choose to do, mm -hmm. right? So we're here playing basketball, we're going to focus on the details, we're going to learn the basics, we're going to learn the fundamentals, we're going to do those things over and over, and, uh, and hopefully it's something that they can apply to other areas in their life. It's been less than 24 hours since we heard about the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his his daughter um, Sunday morning. This is definitely not the way we wanted to start the spring semester here at Kirkwood and with the KSP podcast feed. This is not the first podcast we were planning on bringing to you this, this year in 2020. Um, obviously, we were not expecting to talk about the death of a great sports legend, and really a great national superstar. Um, you know, when I say national superstar, I really mean it because there were people that I knew that never even really watched basketball. My cousin, my cousin's wife, uh, I have friends, you know, talking to me after they'd heard the news and they're like, really, is, did this really happen? Like, did, Kobe's not really, is he? Like, he's not actually gone. And, like, these people don't even watch basketball. They're not. They're not really caring about the sport, but they know who Kobe is. And Kobe definitely made his way into their lives some way. And it, you know, this doesn't happen with national, really, uh, not just celebrities, but like names that just everybody knows. Like everybody knows the name Kobe. And really, outside of presidents, there's like, there's like not that many people that just, you know, everybody from my grandma to, my youngest cousin that they all know and Kobe was one of those names and if you just if I just think back on in my memory of you know people that this happened to I know uh, I name comes to mind like Robin Williams when his passing and how that affected the nation and Heath Ledger um, but obviously there are different different circumstances there with those and the only one that I can really kind of compare this to is the passing of Paul Walker who also died in a terrible you know vehicle accident and uh had really come into his own as a film star with the fast and furious franchise right as it kind of turned from these like fun niche action movies to like really like blockbuster hits with fast five six and then obviously at the time of his passing fast and furious seven but i mean kobe's 
maybe outside of like Robin Williams, way more famous than any of these people. And, um, you know, especially in sports too, like to just, to just lose a, a superstar that everybody looked up to and admired as just first a basketball player. And you could see it with the impact of the players, you know, Devin Booker, obviously very tied to Kobe, Kyrie, very tied to Kobe, uh, as a Spurs fan, you see De- DeMar DeRozan um, from L- from L.A. growing up watching him and, um, you know, having that history there with him. Just Trey Young as well. All these players just so impacted by Kobe as a basketball player. But this this rarely happens in sports, and, uh, you know, I don't want to stop. I want to stop comparing this to other other people's passings, but, you know, you have an event like Dale Earnhardt's passing on the racetrack and you know this this is like a this is a real significant tragedy because these kind of things never happen and I know personally it's one of those events in my life that I think I'll just kind of always remember where I was when I heard the news I know I was sitting on my grandma's couch I was watching you know a college basketball game and flipping back and forth between that and the the Pro Bowl coverage that I was just getting ready to start. And I'm on my phone. I'm going through social media. On Snapchat, I'm looking through stories. And I see one kid posts this headline of this TMZ article. And it's, you know, Kobe Bryant killed in plane crash. Or helicopter crash, rather. And the initial reaction is like, wait, what? No. No, that's not true. So immediately, you know, you got to go. You got to look it up. And I remember I typed in Kobe Bryant, went to news on Google, and there were three articles at the top. The first one by TMZ that obviously stated, you know, Kobe Bryant killed in a helicopter crash. Another, another from the New York Post and another from like a local L.A. Fox station that all had the same headline. And... You know, I you kind of just start talking yourself out of the fact that that just happened. You, you know, TMZ has obviously been wrong before. Like, I get they're respected, and they're obviously the hub of, like, the rumor mill, celebrity gossipy type stuff. But, you know, this is something totally different. It's not like they've never broken news like this before, but this is, you know, a little, of, a little above kind of what TMZ does on a daily basis. And you go, oh, well, you know, TMZ, like, maybe there's just some misinformation, maybe something happened, you know, local Fox in LA could take this reporting and jump with it. Maybe a little too soon. Maybe the New York Post did the same. And I go to Twitter, you're refreshing, you're constantly just waiting for someone. I know for me personally, it was like to see Woj or ESPN or Sports Illustrated, somebody that could just kind of make it real, but obviously you never want to see that. And you don't want it to happen. And it happened. And SI has a tweet. And then Woj has a tweet. And he confirms it as well. And then the reality just kind of starts to sink in. You're like, wait, no way. Kobe's gone. Like, that's it. Kobe Bryant, the guy we just watched for the last 20 years play on the Lakers. is just, he's, that's it. No more. And the guy that's sitting at Lakers games with his daughter and coaching her basketball team and running this production business on the side. It's like, he's just, he's gone. And then 
obviously news comes out later about the other people in the crash, his daughter's involved and the other people as well on his daughter's travel team. And it's just probably a day. I'll ne- it's, it's just an, a day I'll never forget. You know, you never obviously want to place, you know, the most memorable days of your life as tragedies. You don't want those to be bad events, but it happens that way. And this is going to be one of those days. And I'm just kind of going to always remember that sequence of events. But, you know, thinking about Kobe as a basketball player, obviously we mentioned before, like, the impact he has on the the players playing right now. And I know a lot of people have brought up the fact that this is kind of his generation that he's kind of mentored in a way. And a lot of those guys that he did that with is starting to to fade out. You think the guys he had direct impact on, like LeBron and KD and Wade and Melo and all those guys that came in in kind of that 03, 07, 08 range and the impact that he had on them directly playing in the Olympics and just kind of competing with them day in and day out. But even like the next set of guys, like I said before, you have Devin Booker, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, they're still learning from Kobe and Kobe is still being mentors to them and, you know, inspiring them in basketball. And you even see like uh, Shaq's son, Sharif O'Neal's posting stuff about how Kobe had reached out to him with decisions that he was trying to make and just looking to be an encouragement and to help him through that. And, you know, that's like two or three waves of basketball players coming through that Kobe's leaving his fingerprints on and influencing and just helping guide these stars to really preserve the game. I think Kobe was very concerned with the preservation of basketball. I think he understood the history of the game and obviously to play in LA is to play in probably the most historic franchise, you know, arguably LA Boston, but the LA thing's just different. And if you just want to talk about basketball history and basketball heritage and just basketball culture, like I don't know I don't know how you couldn't not say that LA is not the center of the basketball universe, really, you know, New York, Boston, again, like those kind of cities, like you can make an argument for them, but I don't know how you couldn't not say that it's LA. And this is where Kobe was at for 20 years. And it, I think it, I think it impacted him. And he was, you know, like I said, reaching out and influencing and leaving his fingerprints on these other players that, we're coming through and you know we're going to see his in, we're going to just see this influence for a while because these you know Trey Young's in his second year Devin Booker's very young as well and these guys are going to continue to play and then these guys are going to eventually age and you can see with LeBron right now as he's trying to further the youth in basketball and you see him doing it more with his son but i think he's taken a step forward and doing that you know I think he's having an impact on Anthony Davis I think he had an impact on Kyrie Irving and you know maybe sometimes it seems like that impact is at least in Kyrie's sense taken out of context and he's kind of doing things LeBron-esque that maybe he's not executing in the proper way but LeBron still had an impact on him and LeBron had an impact from Kobe and you're going to see this 
this just tree, this family tree of basketball influence just kind of begin to grow and sprout out as these guys just continue to age and push the push the history of basketball to the next generation. And it's funny because it's not really something that Kobe had when he came into the league. I mean, Kobe came in in kind of a really interesting time when really kind of just post-Jordan, kind of the end of the Jordan era. Basketball needed someone to help get over Michael Jordan. And Kobe, Kobe became that guy. And, you know, I'm sure he had influences on his team as well. You know, he played with a lot of veterans. I know Gary Payton has come out and been very emotional and talking about his relationship with Kobe Bryant. But you think about the relationship between him and Shaq and how that wasn't always healthy and how that didn't always, you know, play itself out in the locker room, maybe in the best way. And obviously there was some off-the-court stuff that happened, but I think Kobe Kobe understood, and he knew what he knew what basketball meant. He knew what it meant to be a superstar, and he cared about it, and he really helped guide the league from Jordan and into this era where we just see this incredible boom of talent. And then you get you have the 03 draft. And you have LeBron, who's not the second coming of Jordan like Kobe is stylistically, but the second coming of Jordan and what he's going to mean for basketball, you know, as a sport internationally, off the court with the shoes and the impact he's making with schools and all these ways that LeBron is spreading basketball outside of basketball the same way Jordan did. And Kobe helped get us from the Jordan era to that era. And even in the 03 draft, you go, you know, it takes LeBron six or seven years. And we're talking like 09, 08, 09, 2010, somewhere in that range, before he actually wins his first MVP and before he really establishes himself as this guy is the best player in the league. And he had to take that from Kobe. Kobe will... He'll be connected to LeBron in kind of a special way, which is kind of kind of interesting because if you think about like on the court and their basketball games and their battles as actual players, nothing really stands out as a significant moment. And I know in my basketball viewing days, I think maybe the biggest moment of their career is in the All-Star game when they have that picture of them going one-on-one and Drake's in the middle of it, standing up clapping. And, you know, he becomes kind of a meme for doing that and you know interrupting this picture of what could have been really historic moment but he's standing in the middle of it and I think that's that's maybe the coolest moment in basketball between Kobe and LeBron on the court but off the court you just see so so much impact between Kobe and LeBron and just helping him come out of high school as well you know there's not not a great history of guys coming out of high school um, the guys that have done it and are really good, I mean, it's good. It's you know Moses Malone, Kevin Garnett, Kobe, LeBron, Dwight, whatever you think about his career, you know, had success in the early years. But, you know, for every guy that came out of high school and was a success, there's one that came out and failed. And you could say that about the normal draft, but the sample size is smaller and the rules have changed, and you kind of just – you kind of – 
become less reliable scouting high school prospects. And you've seen it the last couple of years. Like, and you know, you never want to blame injury, but Michael Porter Jr. was the number one guy coming out of coming out of high school, and he fell in the in the draft. Obviously, again due to injury, but you know, time and time again, you see a, you see the high school class not always mirror the draft class. And that was reflected when we were drafting guys straight out of high school. But, you know, Kobe Kobe helped LeBron get through that. And you see today as more reactions pour out, um, recording this on a Monday around noon, some stuff about LeBron come out. He's just clearly this has been very hard on him. And, you know, obviously I don't think it would wouldn't not be tough on him. But Kobe, Kobe influenced him and, you know, he was in L.A., and LeBron was now in L.A., and you see the last thing Kobe ever tweeted out was a tweet of congratulations to LeBron James for passing him in the scoring title, and I think those two are always going to be connected in kind of a weird way. But if I think personally about just me watching Kobe, I know my earliest memories of watching basketball begin during the 06-07 finals. I could probably go back and try to remember some stuff before then but that's really the clearest in my mind was the 0607 finals Spurs Cavs if I'm getting the year correct I may not be but I believe that was the year and my parents had been Spurs fans or at least my mom anyways had been a Spurs fan up until that point so I was already a Spurs fan obviously we were cheering them in the finals against the Cavs they swept the Cavs but I mean after that for the next three years it's Kobe in the finals and Kobe in the finals against the Celtics a couple times and against Orlando and when I was growing up we didn't have like cable so we didn't have ESPN we just had like the basic you get the ABC NBC CBS some public television and the games that you can watch you know are very limited so the finals was a time when we could actually just watch basketball some of my earliest memories of basketball are just Kobe in the finals and it's Kobe against the Celtics and Kobe against Orlando and I some of those games might have gone to ESPN at some point but I remember you know for the most part those finals games are on national television like they are now and that's that's kind of what I remember before before I started watching just you know and following the day-to-day news cycle of the league it was just watching these finals appearances every year and you know it's Kobe and Kobe was there and Kobe was a part of me watching basketball and I kind of have a bit of a a complicated relationship with him as a fan watching because I'm a Spurs fan and him and Duncan are kind of this it's always comparing whose career is better and even you know a couple a week or so ago I was you know first take was on I was somewhere and the topic they were talking about was whose career was better Kobe or Duncan and I think it was Maybe the the Twitter poll for the show for that day. But, you know, those guys were battling 20 years ago. And both retired. Both had moved into the next phase of their career. Both not even really relevant to what's happening in the NBA right now. And they're still discussing what, what you know, their careers meant and whose career was better. Was it Kobe? Was it Duncan? And obviously... Duncan, in my perspective, had the better career, and I can make the argument for it. But the fact that Kobe was all always the guy butting up against Duncan made me kind of not dislike him, but always, you know, 
arguing against him and always trying to pick out the negatives in his game and going through and looking at the playoff logs and going, oh, look, he shot himself at the playoffs in this year, and oh, this year he didn't, you know, he quit on his team this year, and you kind of just end up over-consuming the negativity of his career. And I can just think back on, you know, before I even started watching just the great moments in his career you have. Obviously, the lob to Shaq is a very early highlight. It's fun. It's at a great moment in the finals when, and really like a turning point for that Lakers dynasty, but when you also have him taking over a, a final series after Shaq fouls out and you kind of see him in a big moment step up and be the number one guy. And that's something, especially in those early years, that kind of gets taken away from him because he's playing with Shaq, who's one of the most unstoppable forces in the league at really any point in the league's history. But it kind of gets, you know, marred on Kobe's resume as these weren't titles that he was winning. These are titles he was winning because of Shaq, and Shaq was carrying this team. But when Shaq was out, I mean, Kobe Kobe stepped in. Kobe took over a game, and Kobe finished it off. And there's a reason that they're the last team to three-peat, and we've had, you know, a team with LeBron and Wade and Chris Bosh and a team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and neither of them have been able to do it. But the Lakers were able to do it because they had Shaq and Kobe. And, you know, Kobe was coming up big in those moments. So, And then, as I think of my viewing experience, obviously, like I said, I watched those those finals, and then after after he wins against Boston, finally, you know, his career kind of takes a bit of a downward turn. He has a couple of last stands in the playoffs as the team that won that finals kind of ages out, and you see Pau Gasol move into a different phase of his career, and Andrew Bynum's career begins to go down, and the supporting cast is not as strong. I mean, it's, you know, Shannon Brown for a while, and guys like that, and it's just kind of a weird team, and they get eliminated by Dallas in one year, and I think OKC another year. And and then the injury happens. And he he comes back at some point for a couple seasons, but it's never the same, and it's just kind of Kobe limping around and kind of piling up these respect all-star appearances, but not really being the same. So I never got to see Kobe as you know prime kobe you know a guy who won scoring titles guy who was three-peating obviously guys who was winning finals against celtics and the, the magic but you know those performances aren't as clear in my mind and i see i see kobe as the guy who's sitting at lakers games now next to his daughter and the guy who's coaching what he hopes and what she hopes is you know uh a WNBA star and Kobe I see Kobe the soccer fan and Kobe the Academy Award winner and I see all these different areas where Kobe's funneling himself into and really making an impact on a lot of different industries and a lot of different a lot of different spots within those industries and like I said a pioneer of women's basketball really a, a big fan for that game and soccer as well and then he starts the production company and he wins an Oscar for his short film and he had really he had really become more than basketball and he 
you know, he's really kind of just the embodiment of L.A. And you think about what L.A. is as a city and why people go to L.A. And it's a place where people get opportunity to be in sports or to be in, you know, film and music and television or entertainment or stand-up comedy or all these all these little different areas and Kobe's you know Kobe's the best in each one and he's the best basketball player maybe ever to wear a Lakers jersey and he's wins an Oscar for his work in film and he's coaching a a girls basketball team which you know personally I don't know a lot about but it's Kobe and I'm gonna assume they're good and I've seen limited videos of his daughter and you know, tragically, her career will never play out. We'll never get to see what that what that could have become. But it seemed like she had she had a really kind of some serious potential and different elements to her game at kind of a young age that were really impressive. But um, if I was just thinking of one particular game that stands in mind, and I don't want to be lame and go with an obvious answer, but thinking back to that last game he plays against the Jazz, and it's probably the most clear Kobe game I remember watching. And going back and looking through the box scores that night, you know, the Warriors had a chance and ultimately ended up finishing that night with 73 wins, and that night was the night they had a chance to get that 73rd win. And it was that, and it was Kobe's last game. And Kobe's last game was a way bigger deal than the Warriors winning their 73rd game, the most ever in NBA history, breaking a record that most people thought it might never be broken. This was one of the most upheld records as records that were going just stand for a long time. And it was Kobe's last game that was the focal point of that night. And obviously the performance he gave was historic and if you're a skeptic and you're a Kobe hater, like I'm, pro- I'm sure I probably mentioned in conversations in the past, you go, oh, 50, you know, 50 shots, 60 shots to score 60 points. It's not efficient. It wasn't a good game. It didn't really matter. They weren't. The Jazz had been eliminated from the playoffs anyways and weren't really trying at the end. But it did matter because it was Kobe. And it was the culmination of a career that we might never see. And we might never see a guy play 20 years for the same team again and be one of the 10 best players of all time. You know, do we think Giannis is going to stay on the Bucks? Do we think Luka's going to stay on the the Mavs? And obviously, who knows what these guys' careers might play out to. Do we think Zion's going to stay on the Pelicans for 20 years? The recent history of the league would just tell you no way. No way that's going to happen. But, you know, Kobe, Kobe might be the last of these guys. Him and it's Dirk. And even Vince Carter is obviously in a different phase of his career, bouncing around, but a guy who's been in the league with similar longevity. And we just may never see that again. But going back to that last game, just an incredible, incredible crowd, incredible shots of Nicholson on this. And uh, Ansel Elgert, I think, is there. And it's just like a weird crowd, and there's celebrities. And just, it was such a great, such a great event. And it clearly stands out in my mind as the most memorable Kobe ex- Kobe experience, but you know I don't really know if there's a way to wrap this up. Um, just stay tuned. We'll be putting out more podcasts. Like I said at the top, you know this is not 
this is not the way we wanted to start at the spring semester, but it feels it feels kind of necessary to just pay respect to a great basketball star, a great national hero, and a guy that, you know, impacts our lives and he's gonna be around for a while and the impact of Kobe's not gonna die off. And you know, we don't want it to because we love Kobe Bryant.